When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. How is everyone doing today? And we are joined today by, I would say, a legend. And I don't throw that word around very lightly. The one and only Mr. Perez Hilton. How are you, Perez? I literally am finishing a pint of Haagen-Dazs Dulce de Leche ice cream. So at this very moment, I am wonderful. That's <laughs> and I'm a really... That's I'm, a good one. I'm just trying to be present and in the moment and grateful because <laughs> like everybody else, we're going through daily struggles and things that we've never experienced before. Like... I um, I normally don't do online shopping, but we have been since this whole craziness started. And I've been using this service called Instacart, which a lot of people have been using. And I was waiting for an order, which was supposed to arrive tonight, outside my P.O. box for three hours in my car. Because I couldn't message the shopper to bring it to my house. And I didn't think, whatever. Anyways, who cares about that? That's boring. Let's I care about, about it. I can, you know, I haven't done Instacart. I don't understand it, but I don't know. I mean, I've just been going to the store like once a week, which kind of freaks me out. I think I'm just going to start ordering from restaurants now. I mean, I guess it's easier in New York, maybe. I just, I think it's quicker to do the online shopping um, when I'm doing it for my whole family. Normally, my mom is the one that does it for us, but I don't want her going to the supermarket because she's very high risk. 
She's in her late 60s, has asthma and diabetes. So instead of spending, instead of me spending four hours or three hours or two hours at the supermarket, I'm like, well, I'll just order it online. But I just wasted three hours in my car. So it's like. That's crazy. So, so you're quarantining with like your children and your mother, right? Sort of. My mom, I have a a little guest house and my mom lives in the guest house. So she's basically been there almost exclusively, even like quarantining from us, which has been hard. Yeah, that's hard. But you've been going on your runs. I, I see you out and about just like on your runs in LA on your Insta. Yeah, but I literally am eating the dulce de leche <laughs> right now. Oh, man, it's it's hard. Um, you know, like, it's crazy because I never thought I'd be one of these people that miss going to the gym, but I miss going to the gym. Tell me about it. I'm going fucking crazy, literally. I started this morning boot camp that I'm now doing. Like, I've, I've never worked out at home in my life. It's not for me. But I think after taking four weeks off, now, like, it's like, okay, so I actually feel it even doing that. But I, I miss the gym immensely. All right, let me turn my camera on. Now that okay. I'm done. <laughs> I'll turn... I'll turn my camera on too. I just figured you didn't want to see me. No, I was literally eating. I'm, I went, I, I, I was outside the PO box, and then there was a a subway next door. So I went to the subway, brought my subway home, and here we are. Anyways, um, Skype would like to record this computer screen. No, deny. Wait, sorry. Just um, leave that alone. How do I? How do I turn the war on? No, wait. Do you see now, me? I did. Yeah, that's perfect. I can you see, see you right there. Oh, okay. yeah. Do you All see right. me? Yes. Okay. I have so many questions. So let's just start at the beginning. No one ever like really wants to start at the beginning, but like, I want to know, like, tell me like, where are you from? What was childhood? Like you can give me the cliff notes version. Sure. I'm from Miami originally. And like you just mentioned, I don't know if I didn't think people would be interested in that until I recently sat down to write my autobiography, which comes out. Well, it should. I don't even know that might change, but it was or still is scheduled to come out in October. And um, I talk a lot about my entire life, but also what it was like to grow up in Miami, the son of two Cuban immigrants, what it was like growing up and and being gay and in the closet there um, in the 90s. It was such a different time, Um, but but it really forms me. and And I'm grateful for the, most importantly, the, the, the work ethic that was instilled in me from a young age, that, that Cuban work ethic, that immigrant mentality that you have to grind and hustle to make something of yourself and your life. And, and maybe it was in, 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 instilled in me too much because I'm such a workaholic. I'm actually, I think I actually am addicted to work, like unhealthily. So like, I wish I worked less because it's almost all consuming. 
I get it. And like, no, I mean, I get it. That's not, listen, that's not a bad thing to be addicted to, though, if you're going to be addicted to anything. True. So, I mean, like, were you, because like, I look at like myself and like other people, you know, like if you talk, if you look at like an Andy Cohn type, like, were you addicted to pop culture growing up? Were you like just consuming it? Absolutely. I would, I would watch probably like eight to nine hours of television every day. As soon as I got home from school, I would go in my room, watch TV. I would eat dinner in my bedroom, watching TV. I would not do homework till like 11 PM after I spent eight hours or longer watching TV. And, and then I would watch more TV and go to bed so late in hindsight, I can't believe my parents allowed me to be that unstructured and that in lacking in discipline. But they didn't have to, I guess, because I would always get really good grades in school. And ultimately, that's what just mattered. That's what mattered to them. Uh, but yeah, I would right. watch. I'd watch all the talk shows. I would watch all the sitcoms. I'd watch all the award shows. I would subscribe to the magazines. I did it all. This is and this was before the internet, before I ever had a computer. Right. So like did you know I mean was that just like you were obsessed with it or were you like I have to do something for a career regarding this? Like TV, movies, gossip. I you know, I wanted to be an actor. That's what I went to school for and it didn't pan out. <laughs> like it doesn't for most people that move to Los Angeles. Um, but having my degree in drama, I think did serve me because God, it's crazy to think that in my 16 year career, I've done so many things. And I think I've done a lot of things very well. Uh, you can sometimes pluck some of these people out of whatever it is that they do, these influencers or whomever they may be, and they may not thrive outside of their comfort zone. Like if you are a fashion blogger or whatever it is that you do, uh, you may not be good on a red carpet asking questions. You may not be good live or on your feet. You may not be good reading a prompter, whatever it may be. I've done it all. And I think my acting training definitely helped for sure. That makes sense. So you went to NYU for acting. And then when did you start Perez Hilton? Because I can't remember the time. Like, was it during NYU or it was right after that? It wasn't right after. It was a few years later. I graduated in 2000. And then I started blogging in the fall of 2004, eons ago. Like it's, it's, it's insane to think it's been 16 years. Wow. I'm, I'm so, you know, I'm so grateful because, and I'm so like me or not. And a lot of people don't like me. I always keep it real. I'm always honest, not just about celebrities, but also about myself, you know, and I'm so just humbled and grateful that I still have a career 16 years later. Am I as quote, hot as I was maybe a few years ago or back in the day? No, but I'm 16 years deep into my career. And most of these 
influencers are not going to have a career in 16 years. I predated them. I was the original influencer before that word even existed. And I will always have a career. I mean, even just this year, I feel really lucky that I was able to be on television in Australia. I did I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, Australia, yeah. which, was a very, which is a very popular show down under and in the, in the UK as well. I did the Australian version. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the future. I still have the ability to stir the pot. Like, for example, I now am pissing off a whole new generation of people on TikTok. <laughs> All these youngsters are now discovering me on the app and they're like, you're an a-hole. I'm like, well, thanks. I don't agree with you, but like, and it's like, they're literally discovering me on the app and then doing their research and finding out things I did in the past and judging me in the present for it. And I'm like, well, okay, yeah, I did that. I regret that. It was a mistake, whatever. It is what it is. That makes sense. Well, I kudos for doing TikTok because that's on my quarantine list and I I need to spend more time with it. I don't understand it. I, I mean, I understand how great it is. I don't understand how to do it. I downloaded it and I tried to do something and I'm like, I got the song and then I can't do the video at the same time. It's very confusing. Oh, I, I love it. Really? I, love, I, I also am addicted to TikTok. Like, it's an unhealthy, it's probably a good thing that you can't figure it out because it'll be such a time suck. Like I have 306 finished completed videos in my drafts folder. Oh my God. Like I just get so inspired because it's short, it's quick, it's fun. Yeah. Um, it's like Twitter almost, but like Twitter, it's, but it's different because you don't want to tweet too much you you got to give the videos time to grow so that's wow. why i have a bunch in my in my drafts folder because I, I i'm like ocd i have like a schedule like i publish one every two hours it, instead of doing one every 10 minutes or whatever <laughs> you know but that's good. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I'm like addicted to Instagram and an Instagram story. So I get it. I mean, like when we're out about living our lives, like I love an Instagram story, completely addicted. I used to be that way, but now it's all about TikTok. I'm going to have to learn TikTok. So when you started like Perez Hilton, like, I mean, wh where did this idea come from? And like, cause I mean, there was no competitors at that time, right? Or were there? I mean, there's none that I can think of. No, there weren't. I mean, I started even before there was a TMZ. Right. Uh, the idea just came from discovering the world of blogging. And I said to myself, well, that seems like fun. Let me try this as a hobby. So I did. And what set my site apart at the time was that most of the blogs were kind of like online journals. It was very first person. Oh, I went on a date and I didn't have a good date and blah, blah, blah. But I didn't want to talk about myself. I always wanted to talk about celebrities because I find them, a lot of them, most of them crazy and give me great material. Interesting. And then, so when you started, was it like, was it a hobby or was it like, I need to make money and this could be huge? Or was it like, oh, this is just a hobby? Oh, it was just a hobby. I didn't think you could make money doing that. 
people weren't making money doing that back then. Now, most people want to start blogging or vlogging or being an influencer or whatever you want to call it just to make money. Right. And then as far as like the name, obviously it came from Paris Hilton, right? Like, were you just a huge, like the simple life Paris, like those were icons to you? I mean, I wasn't a huge Paris Hilton fan. Not that I wasn't, not that I was a hater either. I just liked the name, (laughs) but yeah, back then in 2004, Paris Hilton was as hot as the Kardashians are today. Totally. That goes to show you too, you know, like, you know, if you're of a certain age, you remember back then Paris Hilton was as hot as Kim Kardashian. Maybe not as hot to her credit. Like Kim Kardashian has landed on the cover of Vogue magazine, I think more than once now. Although I wonder if Paris ever did Vogue. She um, Let me see a, a quick Google search. I think she may have once. Paris Hilton. Paris to me is, I mean, I fucking love Paris Hilton. I mean, I'm, I'm, I love the Kardashians too, but Paris is like everything. Well, she was the original. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think she's ever done the cover of Vogue. She's done other countries' Vogue magazines. But not ours. She's done Vogue Turkey. She did Vogue Paris. But yeah, she's never done America, the cover of American Vogue, which is a big cachet thing, a status symbol for sure. And, and Kim has done that. And Kim goes to the Met, the Met Gala every year right. in Paris. Paris does not. And I, I give all of that credit to Kanye West. Kanye really turned that ship around. And it's funny because the tables have now turned. When Kanye got together with Kim Kardashian in what year was it? I think 2000, 2012, 2011, around then. At that time, Kanye, you know, not eight, nine years ago, Kanye was super hot still. And Kim was on the downturn. She just came off her failed marriage with Chris Humphreys. People did not like her or the family. Their their multi-million dollar businesses had not launched yet. And Kanye elevated Kim. He made her who she he made he more than the reality show, more than the sex tape, more than anything. Kanye West made Kim Kardashian and being part of that power couple like Beyonce and Jay-Z. Kanye made Kim cool in the fashion world. Kim would not get invited to the fashion shows. The designers would not lend her clothes. And because of Kanye, they did. He introduced her to the designers. He fostered those relationships. And now it was so successful that arguably Kim Kardashian's a bigger star than Kanye West and, and hotter and more relevant. Yeah. That's true. I would agree with all of that. So as you started this, when, so, you know, you started it, you didn't think it, you can make money. So like, were you totally shocked? Like, and how long, how long from the time it started to like, when you really were like, wow, this is like taking off. It took a while. It took well over a year before I started to make any money on my website. That's not so bad. I mean, I guess when you're living it and having lean days, it is. 
I mean, and also, but I feel really blessed because everything happens for a reason, right? Totally. The, the, the only reason I did eventually start making money on it is because I started to do it full time. And the only reason I started to do it full time was because I was fired from my job at the time and I used that money to collect unemployment and, I, and the unemployment helped, helped me live for a while while I did my website. Wow. And then like at what point, so it took like a year, like when, what was your defining moment of like, oh, this is something or, oh, I made it, you know. When I was able to hire my sister and my mom to work with me, when I was able to support my family and have them support me and turn it into a family business, that's the moment I was like, wow, like this is real. And it's not even just about me. It's a, it's a family thing now. So that was it. And that was in 2007. I moved okay. my family out from Miami to Los Angeles and they've been with me ever since. The wait is over. That's right. A season five of the Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. That's kind of, and did you have like one big first splurge? Like, do you remember like what you f- did like your first splurge on? Um, the first splurge was I rented an apartment and I had a decorator decorate it for me, but like real nice. So instead of decorating my apartment myself, I had the decorator decorate my apartment. That's something. Yeah. And then as far as like your, your targets for lack of a better word, like how do you, how did you decide? Cause listen, there were certain people you gave 
more love to than others and there's just certain people you went after like how did you decide or it's just like the material lent to itself um i don't even know it's just like it's just who spoke to me um yeah you know back in the day i really viewed the website kind of like the soap opera and i had my heroes and i had my villains and i didn't view them as human beings (laughs) Which, you know, I, I I guess that was a coping mechanism for me to, like, you know, not feel bad about what I was doing if I objectified them. Like, oh, they're not real people. They're just a, a character in this show I'm putting on. That makes sense. And then before we get into, because I know you talked, like, in d- past interviews, like, a year ago, I think, just something I saw, like, on Entertainment Tonight, like, a year ago, you said you had regrets. But before we get into that, so the, one of the stories I always remember was, like, the Jennifer Aniston when she came up to you in the parking lot and is like, I just want to ask you why are you so mean? So, like, how did that go? Like, what did you feel? Like, did that resonate? Or were you just, like, to tell me about it? Because I don't even know the full story. I mean, it resonated after the fact. In the moment, I was more in shock than anything because I honestly, naively, truly thought we would never have a conversation. I thought, if anything, like, oh, maybe there might be a point where we're both the same party, but we'd be kept apart. You know, I never would have imagined that she would see me and call me over. Um, I was at some office building, but the office building is above this restaurant that she frequents. I forget which one it was, Madero's or something like that. And I had left the meeting at the, it must have been a late meeting or something. I, I don't even remember the, all the details. It was like, I left the meeting because I don't think I went to eat at the restaurant. I left the meeting and, or maybe she had it, or, or maybe she was arriving to the restaurant, something like that. Yeah, I think it might've been that. Like I was leaving a meeting and she was arriving for dinner and she sees me in the parking garage as I was going to my car and she calls me to her car and I'm like, whoa. And then we'd have a conversation in the parking garage. <laughs> That's, and then she just confronted you, said, why are you so mean? What did you say to that? I literally said what I told you two minutes ago. I was like, well, I'm sorry. I, you know, just viewed this like a soap opera. I didn't think you're, I didn't view you like a real person. And she's like, well, I am a real person and I have real feelings and what you would expect her to say. Interesting. Um, and then not to harp on it this much, cause I'm not even a huge fan of this person, but what about this whole drama with Lady Gaga, where she said like you were stalking her and all of that and wanted to move into her apartment building. What was that all about? I mean, she really, um, thinks very highly of herself uh, to, to think I was stalking her. I did look at an apartment in her building, but I didn't know she was living in that building. And that was the day, a, a day when I went and I saw like eight different apartments all over the city that a realtor took me on a tour. I had very specific requirements of what I wanted and the general areas that I wanted to be in. And the building that she was living in at the time had a lot of turnover, so there was 
an apartment to show. It was a shockingly, it was a rental building huh. on, on Central Park South. Like you would think it'd all be condos or co-ops, but I didn't want that, which is why they showed me that building because I was moving to New York from Los Angeles, but I didn't want to buy anything because I didn't think I was going to be in New York permanently. I just wanted to go for fun for a year. It ended up being almost three years. Um, and, uh, and a fan of hers saw me in the building and uh, I guess tweeted Gaga and then Gaga started tweeting about me. Huh? And, and that was wild because she was making the craziest allegations about me. It was insane. Yeah, she said, like, you were stalking her and you were sick and why are you moving in the same building? And it just, like, escalated. But now let's talk about the queen of the world, the only person that matters here, Miss Madonna, because that is the queen. That is who we bow down to, or at least me. I, so don't, ta- I don't anymore, sadly. You don't? I think that she's done an awful, terrible job of improving upon her legacy. I don't think you could ever take her past away from her. Her legacy is her legacy, and it's iconic and legendary. But then you look at somebody like a Celine Dion, whose legacy is her legacy, but she's also done a phenomenal job of maintaining, cherishing, protecting, and almost improving upon that legacy in a way that Madonna hasn't. Madonna has tarnished it almost, I would say, repeatedly, consistently, from being obnoxiously, painfully late to her concerts. And at this point in her career, the only people going are her hardcore fans not the general public, not the mainstream fans, and to treat her hardcore fans with such disrespect, to show up at 11 p.m., 11.30 p.m., some instances midnight, and then not be done for two hours. Like, get out of it. You shouldn't get out of a fucking regular concert at two in the morning. People, and and during the week, people have jobs. People are old her, her audience are old as fuck, just like her now. I have kids. People have kids. They wake up early. It's, it's rude. It's disrespectful. And even, like, her just, like, bizarre, crazy behavior, like, doing a, a stupid as fuck video in the bathtub about coronavirus, like, like to, to me, Madonna is family, and family is forever, but you got to tell family when they're doing fucked up shit. Like, that's stupid. Not the fuck out of it, like Cher says. The, her Instagram is a little strange. I will give you that. I saw you posted the thing about the bathtub the other day. I mean, do you think, like, so Madame X, you certainly don't think has helped this legacy. I mean, to your point, do you think it was before that, that the legacy was tarnished, or is it oh, really Madame X? Before that, repeatedly, but uh, way before that. This is just, like, cementing it. But you went to the Madame X concert, right? No, I oh, didn't go. Really? It's the first tour in forever that I didn't go to. So many people I know didn't go, and it was like their first one they didn't go to either. Yeah. But, I mean, okay, so I, I hear what you're saying, but like back in 2005 when she did that birthday video for you, I mean, you almost must have passed out and died. Yes, I mean, Madonna still 
still, even though she's whatever these days, she's still my number one. And I can, and I say all of these things because like, I love her. I love Madonna. Like, like she growing up and through my twenties and thirties was my everything. My biggest inspiration, role model, the, 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 musical landscape of my life, like so many great memories to her music. I even had a birthday party that was Madonna themed and everybody went dressed up as Madonna. Um, so yeah, when she knew that I, that I was alive, that was beyond a dream come true. I would be dead. I don't even know if I'd be sitting here right now. What about Cher? Do you love your Cher? Oh, of course. I love Cher. Love. And she's, like, improving upon her legacy, I think, or at least holding it. But I think she's done some stuff lately where it's improved. Yeah. I mean, Cher, Cher's Cher. Like, I don't think she's done anything to really harm her legacy. No. Yeah. I think it's improved. Like, I, I love her ABBA album. Totally. Um, you know, the, the Vegas residency is smart. I, you know, a Vegas residency could turn things around for Madonna. But she won't do it. No, she it says really she'll could. never do it. It could if Madonna did a greatest hits, fierce, phenomenal, awesome Vegas residency that gave the people what they wanted, where bitch went on on time. It would turn things around and like lower your prices to be expensive, but not like astronomical. I mean, like she puts herself in a different category of money. Were they astronomical for the Madame X tour? I'm trying to think. I went like two nights. I think if you didn't know what you were doing and you bought the ticket like right away, I think if you, because I only like to sit in the front, I think it was like in the four digits, I think. Like that first batch. $10,000? No, 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 like a thousand. Oh, sorry. Four digits. I thought, yeah. My, I've had a couple, I've had a drink now. Well, that's okay. I'm like having a drink too. So that's like totally fine. No, but like whatever it was, I remember then when they didn't sell and it was like, okay, you should have, but still, I think if you wanted to sit close, you had to pay something like $800 or like seven fifty or something, which and that's a lot. Yeah. I don't, I, I would not pay it. I didn't. That's the reason I didn't go. I emailed her manager that it hooked me up with tickets for all of the other tours the last decade. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got you covered. And then I emailed again just to follow up and they never followed up with me. I'm like, I guess maybe she doesn't want me to go or whatever it might, or whatever the reason, maybe it just fell through the cracks. He's too busy. I wasn't a priority enough. I don't care if I really wanted to go, I would have bought the tickets, but Madonna is not worth my hundreds of dollars. Totally. I get it. Um, but I do love Cher too. So this is what I wanted to ask you about the regret from that. Like I've seen some of your past interviews like a year or two ago. Like talk to me about the regrets when you yeah. say you regret it all or not right. all of it. Well, I have a lot of regrets because it caught a lot of the, the things I said and did cause people pain. Um, yeah, as simple as that. And at the time, I, and the, what makes it worse is I knew what I was doing was wrong, but I was doing it anyways. 
That makes sense. And then did you also, I mean, which is maybe different than the regret, but it goes back to like running into Jennifer Aniston, like as you, cause I mean, I guess it also wasn't a conscious decision for you to like almost become the talent. Like when you started a blog, you're like an anonymous person. Like, did you think that that's what you would be? I mean, even if it got huge, like you almost became like the talent. And so like, wasn't it harder for you to navigate as you were now kind of quote unquote behind the velvet rope, no pun intended, like you are now at the parties seeing these, like, I would think that's like, wouldn't, didn't that make your job harder almost? Yeah, definitely. You know, like Lady Gaga, there were many other artists that I was lucky enough to encounter at the beginning of their careers, like Katy Perry. Um, She and I never had a quote falling out, but she just became so famous that it became difficult for me to do my job and sustain that friendship. Because I had to be talking about her. Right. Yeah, I get that. I, yeah, I get that. I mean, I'm in that situation much, much smaller with like a lot of the housewives that I'm friends with. I'm like, but I now I'm talking about you negatively on my show. It's very strange. So I just thought I would think on a much larger level, you must have experienced that with these global superstars. Yeah. Like I... I'm a little bit crazy, or I'm a lot crazy. On my podcast, this very week, or whenever, or last week, whenever you air this, um, I was like, I, even like I did with you just a couple of minutes ago, you never know who is listening to your show, or, and you never know in what hands or ears this could end up at and in. I just criticized Madonna. And she's my favorite number one of all time. Other people might be afraid to call out, speak the truth on people that they love or are friendly with. I'm not. On my own podcast, a few recently, I called out Jennifer Lopez and something she did that I disagreed with. I, I'm not afraid of speaking my mind. <laughs> Uh, but I also would th- think that, like, with that comes some level of respect because when I do praise something, when I do say, oh, this person's amazing for that reason, or I love this song, or I love this, people take that with weight because they know I'm only speaking the truth, in my, in my truth, like – There's no BSing. There's no Paola, Perez, nothing like that. So, uh, yeah, I was not very happy that I saw Jennifer Lopez and her fiancé, Alex Rodriguez, going to a gym in Miami. I just thought it set a bad example because the mayor closed all the gyms. And, yes, she might have had the gym open just for her, but still, like, if you really wanted to work out that bad – you could have had the trainer come to your house or whatever it might be. I don't know. No, I mean, I was just going to say they don't have a gym in their house. Exactly. But even if they don't have a gym in their house, right. the trainer can come with equipment yeah. or, or, or Skype or Zoom or FaceTime your trainer or whatever. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. So – when, you know, to your point, like you, you may not be as hot as you were back then, like 
what talk to me about like the influence of like Facebook, Instagram, like was the, when all that, when all these things started, were you like, okay, I need to pivot my business. And was that like a hard change or was it like, okay, I'm just going to pivot. And it was easy. I didn't pivot. And that's maybe a mistake. Um, you know, I was late to the party with a lot of these apps, except for TikTok. I was kind of early on the TikTok game. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I was listening to the advice of people and I don't blame anybody but myself, you know, even though I, you surround yourself with a team and, and experts and guidance, like at the end of the day, you're the one that's responsible for your actions or lack of action. Like, you know, at the time people kept telling me like, why would you put your, your, stories up on Facebook because then you're going to condition people to be going onto your Facebook and not your website and blah, 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 blah. But that's an old school way of thinking. Like now you have to be everywhere. You have to be everywhere. That's why 16 years later, I still work as hard as I do because I am everywhere and I do everything and it's exhausting as fuck. Yeah, I'm sure it is because it's I'm I'm exhausted and you do it on a much larger scale. So I can only imagine. Do you like your podcast? Do you like being a podcaster? I love it. Well, mainly because I have a co-host who really makes me better. My co-host is a radio legend and I'm not exaggerating. He spent many years at K-Rock in New York City He used to be an MTV VJ. He was at Amp Radio here in Los Angeles. His name is Chris Booker, and he is very, very different from me. He's this straight, straight dude, and I just love our dynamic because we barely – like, he gives me such a different perspective, and I think that's what keeps people tuning in because it's almost like the Kardashian show, right? Like, the the Kardashians, like – You'll have your favorite, like, oh, I like Chloe this week, or I like Chris this week, or whomever it may be. And with our podcast, like, you never know who you're going to agree with. Maybe you'll agree with me. Maybe you'll agree with Booker. You'll never know what we're going to say. And, you know, it's different because most podcasts that do have co-hosts, it's like-minded individuals that share these common interests. But he and I are not like-minded and conflict makes for great content. That's and true. And it's not fake. It's real. It's not It's not an act. That's true. No, it's a great podcast. I just, you know, sometimes you talk to people and they're like, yeah, I'm not sure if I love doing my podcast with everything else I have going on. Oh, I love it. I wish that I could do it five days a week, but it doesn't make us that much money. <laughs> which Which Kardashian is your favorite? Um, it changes. I would say my favorite at the moment is Mason Disick. <laughs> my favorite is Lord Disick. So I, I get it. I think Scott is like the funniest thing in the entire world. Well, I just love the 10 year old is going live on Instagram and going live on TikTok and going live on Instagram again. And just like the next generation's already causing trouble. Seriously. Well, I saw you commented on Drita's thing. Drita Devanto oh, is my, my God, yeah. She's now, so 
funny. And you have to see, like, I never realized, because now that we're quarantined in, I have some new Instagram obsessions. Her new video, even today, it's like the funniest thing. She was upstairs and she came downstairs and Mob Wives was on. And she's like, fucking kill me. Because she's just like, I, I, I don't want to see this. It's If you have to watch, it's just the way she does it. She talks so slow. And then someone told her that she's spelling something wrong and she does like a oh, two. Oh, I saw that. I was yeah, like, it was I don't hilarious. Want, I don't, she's like, I think eggs should have one G. Totally. She's like, yeah. what's with the fucking silent G? It's so funny. Yeah, so she, I saw that. She's fabulous. She's become like my new obsession. Um, and now talk to me about like your, did you ever, was it ever a second guess to have your children? Like you always just wanted to be a father? Did you think like, let me wait to meet someone or you were just like, no, this is my timeline. I'm going to do this. I didn't want to wait much longer. And cause you know, you can't control if you're going to meet someone or not. Um, and I didn't want to be an old dad. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know, I, I just, I just, I, I felt ready at 34, which is when I had my son which I think is a good age. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I have no regrets. That makes well, I, have, sense. I have a lot of regrets, but not with relation to that. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think you did. I just figured. And then talk to me. Cause I know like you've commented too, like about like your dating life, like what's going on with your dating life. I know at one point you were like, you know, it's hard because like I'm quote unquote Perez Hilton. What's going on with that? I don't have a dating life. Um, most gay men don't like me. In fact, it's more than a don't like. It's a strong hate. And um, that understandably makes dating very hard, especially when I'm not using any of the dating sites or apps to try to meet guys. Like, I'm just not even trying. I'm just like, all right, if, if something miraculously happens... Which, you know, anything is possible. You can meet somebody at the gym or um, dropping off the kids at school or wherever, but that hasn't happened. I actually joined a new gym last year. Yeah. Last year was a hard year because my mom was sick. She had cancer and she had another health-related issue and she had to have multiple surgeries and she was depressed and it was not a good year. Much like this year. <laughs> oh, my God, I know. Uh, but, um, well, thankfully, my mom is healthy this year, so that's a huge thing. But That's good. Uh, but I, you know, uh, I was not handling it the best. When you're, like, right now, you know, like, like I just finished my Haagen-Dazs Dulce de Leche ice cream. Oh, that looks so good. I am having a cocktail I don't even drink much. I'm not even a drinker, but this damn quarantine has got me drinking. Like in my normal life, I rarely drink maybe once every month and a half. Wow. But now I'm drinking like on the regular. Um, So yeah, last year I started to spend a lot of money overspending and I also started to medicate with food and travel. So I I was spending money on traveling 
and eating, eating, eating. Much like I'm doing right now, except I'm not traveling. I'm just eating, eating, eating. And I guess I substituted traveling for drinking. Um, I progressively have gotten tipsy as we've recorded the podcast. You can keep drinking. It's okay. Yeah. Um, So last year, after I was going through all this spending, blah, 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 my sister sat me down and she's like, you're spending too much money. This is a problem. So I got rid of my trainer last year and I joined a gym and I started to take group fitness classes instead of paying for a trainer at the small private training place that I was going to, which was a big savings. Uh, And I thought, oh, I might meet somebody at the gym. I haven't met a fucking single person at the gym in a year. Like you see your regular gym people and like you you say hi and maybe you'll do like a really brief, like, how are you today or whatever. But I don't know. I have not flirted flirted with a single person at the gym. Nobody's flirted with me at the gym. I haven't exchanged phone numbers with anybody at the gym, so it is what it is. Why do you say most gay men hate you? I mean, I think most gay men hate me, so, I mean, I'm not knocking it. I'm just curious as to why you say that. Well, the main reason is because I'm very average-looking. If I was gorgeous, if I was hot, if I looked like a supermodel, even though I did things that upset a lot of gay men, they would give me a free pass or they would like let a lot of it slide. But I'm not. I'm very average looking too ugly in the eyes of many. Uh, I don't think I'm ugly. I just think I'm very average looking. It's fine. Um, uh so I think the fact that I'm not the most visually appealing in their eyes definitely works against me. The fact that I'm not on television also works against me. This is a sad, it's a sad fact, but it's a fact. If I was on a successful TV show, not any show, if I, if I had a successful talk show or a successful sitcom or a successful America's Next Top Model, or whatever it might be. If it was a big hit show, and not a reality show where I played the villain, if it was a talk show or a sitcom or something else where I came across in a positive light, I would be getting so much action. Guys would be pouring into my DMs, but I'm not. Like Andy Cohen gets so much dick so much she is drowning in dick um if i had a show like watch what happens live i would be scoring left and right as often as i wanted to but i'm not and also you know a lot of gay men don't like a lot of the things i did in the past which i admit was wrong and i don't do anymore like outing celebrities or you know just being mean or, or they may they may be fans with some of the divas that I've gotten into fights with they're, or they're embarrassed by me. They're like, Oh, you're not a representative for the gay community, which I never claim to be or try to be or want to be or anything like that. You know, the list goes on and on and on. That makes sense. No, I mean, I, I would agree about Andy. Now I have, before we get to your book for two seconds, this is just a personal thing I have to ask because One of the best shows that has ever existed in the history of TV, as far as I'm concerned, is The Hills. I love it. I am obsessed. 
So were you in, I mean, is this, do I have my facts straight? Like you were in the mix to be on the last one instead of Misha? I wasn't in the mix, but I, uh, quote, auditioned, which was just uh, an interview with a casting director via Skype. And then they, but it was a long interview. It was like a chat. You know, we just talked for like 40 minutes, close to an hour, maybe even longer than 40 minutes. And from that recorded Skype, they, they cut together it down to like three minutes and put together a casting tape. And they didn't cast me. They cast Misha Barton and Brandon Thomas Lee, Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee's son instead. Which, you know, I guess I understand casting Misha because she was a big name and, um, you know, The Hills was inspired by the OC. Uh, but she's not coming back for another season. I knew, I knew she was going to be a dud when they cast her. And you she did? was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because she, if you want to be a successful reality TV star, you A, have to be a little bit crazy or a lot crazy, and B, you have to not hold back. Like, you have to let it all out, and she was holding back repeatedly because she understandably wanted, but myopically, short-sightedly, you know, it's not really what she wanted to be doing. She just needed the money and took the paycheck, but didn't see how if she did that well, that could lead to more, which is something that Lisa Rinna got. You know, Lisa Rinna is an actress, but now she's been doing Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for a few years, and it totally reinvigorated her career. Totally. But she's not afraid to be a bitch on there. She's not afraid to be crazy and a diva and wild. Yeah, and she's probably the only person to me that did it the most. I can't because, like, Kim Fields was a dud. Claudia Jordan. Uh, Personally, I don't think Denise Richards does well on The Housewives. That's just me. Some people love her. I know this new season, she's going to have all this stuff. But then do you think it was true? So, like, Misha was fired for being boring. And now, and you guys had your moment on screen and you say you're not like you basically didn't apologize. You're like, I right. I mean, you didn't really apologize to her. I did apologize. She just but then, didn't accept it. That's fine. And you, I, you, I didn't have I didn't need her to accept my apology. And you are godfather to Gunner, right? <laughs> I mean, it. I guess we have, there's not been like a, a christening that hasn't happened yet, but I, I do love Spencer and Heidi. Love, 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 love. Do you watch The Housewives? Not a single one. So like no favorites. Like who has given you the best material over the years? I mean, I have favorites. Like, of course, like, you know, instantly the ones that come to mind are, Bethany, Nini, Kim Zolziak, Teresa Giudici, Lisa Vanderpump, um, like the all-stars. You love them all, that those people. Yeah. They're the, they're the, they're the, the, they're the breakouts. I think so. 
I think so. So you don't? Do you watch any reality TV? None. I don't watch your any TV except for children's programming on Netflix with my kids. That makes sense. And then as far as the book goes, like, how did that come about? Like, did you always want to write a book? Were you approached? I was approached because I was actually afraid to write a memoir. I, didn't, I wasn't interested in doing it until my co-writers reached out to me and they're like, we want to tell your story. We want to help you put this to paper. We, we find you fascinating. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just afraid because I've written three books in the past. They've never been my story. They've never been right. my life. Um, I just thought, you know what? If people, and also just, I just thought the timing was right. Like enough time has passed now that that era of my come up is nostalgic now. Like that era is now vintage. You know, people feel wistful for that time. So I think it's a, it's good timing, um, and I'm excited for it. I, I I know it's really good. I've worked so hard on it, and I think it's entertaining. It's shocking. It's inspiring. It's awesome. Was there any, what do you think is, and then we'll wrap up very quickly. What do you think is the one thing, like, what are we going to learn about you from this book? Like, what do you think is going to be the one, like, oh, wow, I never would have thought that about Perez. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to think. Um, I don't, I have no idea. I don't know. I, I, I don't even want to put that energy out there because I don't know. It's not, it's not, I'm not, cause I think it's very honest. It's a very honest book. Um, some people, even in my own family may not be pleased about everything that I've written. Um, but, you know, if you're going to write an autobiography, might as well be truthful. <laughs> totally. Well bear it all. I've always, totally. That's not, I've always been that way. Like, I've always been truthful. Like, I, I, if, if you're that way, it's just, it's the most energy efficient thing to do. And it's just, I don't know. That's just how I am. I think so. I mean, I think, that is why the people that are, you know, followers or fans or whatever you want to call them, that's why they relate to you, you know, because a lot of people are not that honest these days about a lot of things. And that comes out in October and it's called TMI, My Life and Scandal. Yes. And you can pre-order it now at PerezTiltonBook.com. It's amazing. I can't wait. Hopefully there'll be a book tour when it comes out. I hope so. I don't know. Who knows what the what the fall is going to look like. I know. Well, if you come to the New York area, I will absolutely be there. Oh, thank you. Is there is there anything else you want to say before we sign off? Anything you feel like you want to discuss? Well, if you want to listen to my podcast, you can check out the Perez Hilton podcast with Chris Booker on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or directly at PerezPodcast.com. 
And um, what else? I don't know. I just, I still love what I do. I'm so grateful to do everything that I do. And um, the best is yet to come, baby. That's true. And your podcast is amazing. I think everyone should listen. And on Instagram, we can find you where? I am there on my own for my fam with putting like family content and all sorts of different stuff at the Perez Hilton and the website's also on there with just at Perez Hilton. So if you just want celebrity news at Perez Hilton, if you want that and other stuff, the Perez Hilton. That's awesome. I really, really appreciate you talking. I know you're very busy. Say hello to your lovely family and have an awesome night. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.